0: Hey guys, it's Amanda Davies here, and I'm super excited to welcome you back to the Big Talk Podcast. So what I'm going to be talking to you about today is something a little different. It's not a subject that comes up a lot when I'm sharing you know, how to grow your business, how to launch your business, how to make an incredible impact, follow your soul's calling. But really, it's something that kind of underpins a lot of um, sort of some of the the challenges that I see entrepreneurs are up against in the industry and particularly when it comes to growing their business. And I'm just curious to know whether you've noticed in yourself, whether there seem to be recurring patterns or behaviors that are coming up for you in business that maybe you can't seem to shake, no matter how much mindset work you do, no matter how much you work with your life coach to try and shift things. It's like, you still seem to be butting your head against a wall When it comes to really breaking certain habits or patterns or responses that you have in your business. So I want to share a little bit about how essentially complex and developmental trauma plays out in growing our business today. And I know this sounds like a super heavy topic, but to be frank, there are so many people out there. And in, you know, I can quote statistics around us like one in three-ish people, uh, women specifically, are subject to some kind of trauma or abuse growing up, I actually feel that the number is much higher than that. I think there is a lot of cases of unreported trauma and unreported abuse. Uh, And I think when you look at men, I think the statistics are even higher as well. So I think with men, it's about one in four, one in five have suffered some kind of traumatic abuse as children. But I think particularly with men, which is so, so sad, but I, I really believe that men in particular underreport report this. Um, and again, this is just sort of my opinion right now, but if you look at the stats, I actually feel that the stats are much higher than, than what is reported. So when I was kind of thinking about this podcast episode today, I'm like, who am I not to talk about this stuff? Like this affects so many people and I'm sure so many people in my audience too. And in fact, I know it does because I've had people Come through my programs who are dealing with this stuff, or uh, people messaging me from my communities about this. So I wanted to kind of give it a voice, frankly. I wanted to talk about it, and I was listening recently to a podcast episode with Tim Ferriss. Uh, I don't know if you follow Tim Ferris, I would highly recommend that you do. He's an incredible entrepreneur. And in one of his recent episodes, he was talking about his own struggle uh, in terms of dealing with some of the sexual abuse that went on in his childhood which was just, it was incredible just to hear his story and his journey Uh, as someone who is obviously so highly successful and um, esteemed in the industry and has done incredible things in the world, literally suffered the worst of the worst when it comes to trauma and abuse when he was, I think he was sort of between two or four years old is when this happened. Um, So it kind of inspired me today a little bit and obviously I was just thinking of it from the perspective of what I've seen play out in my own business with my own trauma as well but also what I've seen uh with my clients and with my community too so I wanted to sort of give a voice to this today but the thing that I want to say right off the bat before I kind of get into the content is this that anything that I say in this episode is not intended as a substitute for medical expertise or advice from your healthcare providers I want to be super clear on this uh, I really want to encourage you that if trauma is coming up for you or if there is mental illness or if there is stuff that's coming up in your life that feels as though it needs extra guidance and support, you need to go and speak to your primary healthcare provider Okay, about that. This podcast is not here to substitute for pre- professional medical advice, okay, Um, The mention of anything that I talk about sort of in terms of particular types of therapies or services or, or whatnot, it's not an endorsement by me. I'm simply sharing what has come up for me in my own journey, what I've noticed, my thoughts and my opinions on things. And they are my opinions and my thoughts alone. All right. So I want to make that super clear right off the bat in terms of a disclaimer here. But with that said, I wanted to share a little bit more about couple things. Number one, essentially how trauma manifests in our bodies. I want to talk about how trauma shows up in our life, but specifically how it shows up in our business. And not many people are talking about this. In fact, I can't really think of anyone who's talking about this, which kind of makes me think I need to talk about this, which is obviously why I'm here today, sharing it with you guys. But Look, we all know, you know people on this podcast, people who follow me, we're all very conscious people, we're on a growth path, we're doing the work. We're not completely unconscious to things like trauma and patterns and how those, these sorts of things show up in our life, okay? Um, you know we all know that trauma, essentially um, the way that we deal with that, particularly when we're children, if we're talking about complex or developmental trauma or abuse that happened, when we were children, we all know you know the fight flight. Like, freeze, fawn responses that typically we go through as children, even as adults, if we go through a particularly traumatic event, all right? And so the thing is, and I think particularly if I was to look at childhood trauma um, or complex and developmental trauma specifically, if this happens to us before the age of 10, and I think this is where a lot of people aren't clear on this, but if this sort of stuff happens to us, sexual abuse, neglect, physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, it really does change the way our brains are structured and the way our nervous systems are structured. It's really important to to get this. It's not just something that happens and then, okay, it's it's sort of done. This shit stays with us. It stays with us long-term, all right? And I want to kind of, again, just be clear too, some of what I'm going to talk about today may be triggering for you as well. So I want to kind of put that warning on this too. I am going to be talking about sexual abuse. I am going to be talking about violence and physical abuse, etc. So I want to kind of make that clear off the bat too that there may be some trigger warnings here for you if this is something that remains unresolved or unprocessed for you. But um, I wanted to just sort of make that clear too. But the thing is, as children, quite often what happens if we are going through some kind of trauma as I said, typically what we will do is we'll have some kind of a, a response to that. So we will typically try and fight or we'll run away and hide or we might even freeze and sort of dissociate in response to what's going on to us with us or we might even fawn or, or let people please our way out of it. And to be honest, it's like these adaptive responses in the moment when we're children are perfectly designed to keep us safe. Although what might be happening to us or what happened to us at the time was, was terrible and just inhumane and horrible, actually the way that our bodies are wired to respond to that is actually in the way that's best going to serve our survival. So what, what I typically find, um, you know, just through my own research and, and what I've experienced too, is children typically don't go for the fight response. Because if you think about it, if you're five years old and your abuser is like an adult, I mean, you, you kind of know that fighting probably isn't going to be the best solution for you in terms of a survival. Like we're talking about that level of kind of primal brain processing. So typically what happens with children is they try and run away and hide or they might fawn or people please or they will just freeze and dissociate. Tends to be very common. Okay. Um, the problem is guys, and you know, I talk about this with so much love and sympathy and and empathy for if you've gone through this, I myself have gone through this as a child, um, on all sorts of different levels, which, you know, the details are not particularly relevant, but know that I completely empathize with you know that, uh, if there's stuff that's playing out in your relationships or your business or, your health now, I get it. Okay. I've been there. I'm walking this path right alongside you. Okay. Um, But what happens is, you know, if we've gone through that kind of trauma as children, obviously we grow up. We grow up as adults. We grow into business owners. We grow into wives and partners and husbands. And this stuff is still with us as much as we might try and forget it, or we might try and stuff it down or, or run away from it. The reality is guys, based on what I said earlier is that this trauma stays with us very much in terms of the fact that we have different brains to other people because it really does affect our brain development. There are literally parts of our brain that are um, smaller compared to someone who hasn't suffered trauma. Uh, There are parts of our brains that are overactive compared to other people who maybe haven't gone through similar trauma. So it's like it really does affect the development of our brains. So we grow into adults, we grow into entrepreneurs, we grow into business owners with very different brains. We grow into adults who have very different um, nervous systems. We tend to have a very sensitive and hyperactive nervous system. But also we, we grow into adults who have probably a set of what I'd call like adaptive behaviours that kind of travel with us into adulthood. And these behaviours were quite often learned from that very young age. If we were repeatedly abused or traumatised, these sorts of behaviours stay with us. So when people talk about, you know, trauma is stored in the body, it's like, you know, a lot of people don't really know what that means. But just to kind of bring it to life a little bit, sort of from a neuropsychology perspective, it's like the trauma stays with us in terms of our brain development, how our brains actually look in terms of an MRI but also the parts of our brain that are kind of overactive and underactive. But also there's even more research now to suggest as well, even on a very cellular level, cellular memory has a role to play in this stuff too. So it's like when people say it's sort of trapped and stored in the body it's like, what does that actually look like? I mean, that's essentially what people are talking about and that it can also stay in terms of tension and um, you know, kind of the way that we hold ourselves, and particular patterns around how we speak, how we act, how we behave. All right. So when we talk about, and I'm going to come on to talk about this towards the end of the podcast, sort of ways that we can discharge this, and the sort of the 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 ways that we can go about resolving this trauma. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that and the importance of somatic based trauma therapy. But right now, just know that as we grow into adulthood this stuff is with us. This stuff is with us all the way. And I guess I want to kind of like double click on this behaviors, like these adaptive behaviors that stay with us. I'm talking about things like um, like people-pleasing is probably a really obvious one that comes up or that martyrdom as well, having to be the martyr in situations, um, defensiveness, or even aggression, like overt defensiveness, overt sort of kind of like low boiling point type aggression as well. It can come up in terms of running away or hiding from big decisions or responsibilities. Uh, It can come up in terms of isolating behaviors as well. It can come up in terms of overachievement too. This is one of the things that I carried with me for a very long time. It's like my response to some of the trauma that happened in my early childhood was to overachieve, 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 overachieve. Because I knew personally, and just to sort of share a little bit, I knew personally that was a way of getting love and feedback, okay, in my life. And so that's something that I did is like, oh, wow, okay, this, I'm going to do more of this because it means that I get more love, All right. It also, sort of the flip side of that too, the shadow side of it, is that I knew that if I did really well in school and I got a straight A kind of whatever average and I went on and really relied on my smarts and my intellect, I knew that I could get the hell out easier. This was, you know, my, my mind working as a young person. So it's kind of like we have all of these adaptive behaviours and responses that we carry with us that become part of our identity as well, right? Like I used to pride myself on the fact that I'm smart. I am an overachiever. I did brilliantly well at university. I did this, I did that. I climbed the ladder, da, da 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 And it's like we create a whole persona <laughs> around it as well, right? And actually a lot of it's not the truth. You know it's not necessarily the truth of who we are at a soul level as well, and the thing that I've noticed too, and although I said this earlier, you know most I think probably pretty much everybody who listens to this podcast is very conscious and is very conscious of these sorts of patterns or if if you're not, then you're definitely on a journey around exploring this more. but you'll probably notice that there comes a point in your life where you're being called to look at these wounds and examine these wounds in even more detail. One of these places can be in your business, which I'm going to talk about in a sec. But I know for me personally, that one of the main drivers that sort of forced me to look at these festering wounds that I was kind of carrying with me behind this kind of hyper-achievement, kind of polished corporate kind of go-getter, you know, I had these festering wounds. But it's like the thing that really forced me to look at these was I was in a series of massively dysfunctional relationships, like massively dysfunctional, abusive, um, not ever physically abusive, but just emotionally neglectful, um, these sorts of crazy relationships. And essentially, for me, this was something that just started to kind of wake me up a little bit to say, why the hell am I attracting these sorts of people into my life? Like, what is going on here, right? And the thing with relationships specifically is that when we start to notice a pattern of attracting or creating these toxic relationships or these sort of dysfunctional patterns in our relationships, usually it's because it's like our wounds are being reflected in someone else's wounds. And I really think that relationships are just such an incredible way for us to grow and to really see where our wounds are. And so I know for me, this is where I really started my own trauma healing journey. This is probably about 10 years ago or so now, uh, sort of my late 20s, early 30s kind of thing. And it was something that really kick-started this process for me too. But it can also obviously uh, start to get your attention um, if it comes out in things like mental illness, so maybe uh, panic attacks or anxiety, depression, pain in your body as well that just can't be explained. So the, the reality is, guys, is that Your wounds will keep kind of knocking on the door until you pay attention to them. And they will keep manifesting in terms of dysfunctional toxic relationships, in terms of mental illness, in terms of physical pain in your body, or in terms of some of the stuff I'm going to talk to you about, even in your business, your business can be a magnifier as to what's going on as well. All right. So this is kind of what I want to talk about now, which is how... We might actually be bringing some of these unresolved traumas into our business and how this shows up and specifically how you can start to notice this and just be aware because awareness is always key. It's like where everything starts. If you're not aware, if you're not conscious, then you got no hope in hell of like ever fixing this stuff or to really shine a light on it. Okay. So the first way that I've noticed that some of these unresolved patterns can show up in our business is that it prevents us from taking risks, all right? It can prevent us from taking risks. Why? Because we, people who have gone through complex and developmental trauma, tend to be hyper wired for danger. Hyper wired, right? So this can come down to things like, um, you know, not being visible, like hiding, because we're like just worried that people are going to judge us or chase us with pitchforks or like, tear us apart you know we're we're genuinely scared of stuff like that so we're not showing up and we're not getting visible maybe we're sort of doing things like just taking small safe actions rather than making bold moves towards what we really want and towards our goals maybe we're like hyper aware of the opinions of others and need that kind of constant validation from people as well maybe we're finding ourselves overworking as a distraction, overworking, doing all the twiddly things in our business rather than working on the big, bold things that you know are actually going to make this a success. So I've noticed this is a very nuanced way sometimes, not all the time. Obviously, if, if someone's showing these sorts of behaviours, doesn't necessarily mean there's an unresolved trauma pattern going on. But I have noticed a bit of a, a trend here with this sort of stuff. And I was kind of giggling before when I was talking about this because I was just thinking about something that I've noticed just with myself Um, when I was talking about being hyper-wired for for danger, um, I'm kind of known, like, within my family and my close friendship circles, I've never really talked about this before, but I'm kind of known as someone who has, like, superhuman reflexes, okay? Um, And the more that I research on this, there's a lot of reasons around it. You know, sometimes it can just be, you know, a fluke kind of thing. But quite often there is some relation back to to trauma and reflexes and things too. Uh, So if there's, like... If there's like a glass of water on a table that's about to get knocked over, I could literally be on the other side of the room and like the frickin', I can just be across the other side of the room, like a frickin' bullet and stop that glass of water falling over. Like I have these like crazy reflexes that just show up and it's not really related to business, but I was just kind of, it just popped into my head as I was talking about this. Cause I know that there's something there, uh, you know, for other reasons, again, the details aren't necessary, but it's like, I know that there's a pattern and there's a response there. So they can kind of show up in these funny ways too, right? But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a really interesting sort of thing to notice how we're hyperwired for, for danger. The other way that it can really show up is starting to question yourself and your reactions and your responses, particularly when it comes to setting boundaries in your business. So for example, um, maybe you have a tendency to be a people pleaser or you have that kind of that fawning sort of energy. And I know this is something that I definitely um, had as one of my sort of patterns as well, and something that I'm continually working on. And I think we kind of continually work on this stuff because there's so many layers to it, but you know, people pleasing and fawning was definitely one of my adaptive behaviors too. Um, And it tends to be a very, uh, almost like a childlike response to this sort of stuff. So for example, let me just bring this to life with an example. Um, there was a really, it was like an early stage in my business, probably when I was just getting started. But I had someone book a discovery call with me. And as part of booking the discovery call, people need to fill out a quick questionnaire, just with some questions about their business and what they want to achieve from the call and dot, da da da, da, da. This person who had completed the questionnaire actually completed it in a way that was sort of slightly aggressive, in fact, not slightly aggressive, it was aggressive. It was a bit creepy, a bit sick, a bit weird, right? So they were including some personal details about me, they were talking about my accent, and it was just a bit creepy. And I remember my immediate, like, visceral level response was, how can I not piss this person off? how can I handle this situation in a way that's just going to kind of get this person to go away very diplomatically, but then also sort of protect myself as well. But it was from the frame of how can I not piss this person off? That is a trauma response. Okay. (laughs) That is a trauma response guys. So it's like, I was very conscious of that at the time. And this is just as I was sort of starting to, again continually work on these patterns and do this work on myself but rather than just setting a boundary um, or feeling comfortable about just setting a boundary and deleting this conversation and cancelling it out of my diary my immediate response was how can I not upset this person because you know viscerally like at a cellular level my response to aggression is I'm going to be hit okay so it's like that is the power of how trauma survives and is carried with us although intellectually i knew that this person was like just a weirdo and like i was going to cancel the call which i ended up doing but isn't it really interesting that our immediate reactions like that like i'm clicking my fingers is how can i not upset this person how can i keep this person calm so i don't get hit fascinating right so it's like This is where I really want you to be conscious of how you're responding, your instant reactions when these sorts of things are coming up in your business. Maybe it's setting a boundary with a member of your team or a contractor or a client even or someone in your community or a troll that you come across online. It's like, how can I kind of respond in a way that sort of comes from that safe, functioning adult? And this will be a very conscious process that you go through initially. It's going to take you time to get there. It's not something, as I said, your automatic reaction is going to be, oh my God, kind of thing. Probably if you've got this unresolved trauma. But again, this is where you can again, start to sort of look after yourself and protect yourself too and notice what's going on here and notice yourself in these moments and step into that role of the functioning adult not the wounded child functioning adult not the wounded child it's really important the other way that it can show up as a pattern in our business is that we start to almost take on to take take on or step into the role of the adaptive child now if you think about the inner child which we all know and we're kind of clear on what the inner child is we know the functioning adult, which is that adult part of us that's got it, that's safe, that knows what's going on and can kind of do what adults do responsibly. Then there's like tends to be this other part of us, which is called the adaptive child. And the adaptive child is kind of like the unhealthy protector. It's like the tough guy. <laughs> it is like the tough guy that likes to step in and maybe fight. And there were moments as well, kind of in my own journey where my adaptive child would be dialed right up. Okay. So I knew again, this is how sort of trauma grows with us as well and stays with us and manifests differently depending on our situations and circumstances. But I knew that as a, as a young child going through trauma, there's no way in hell that I could fight. You know, I spoke about this earlier. I knew that Like, that was just going to be crazy. Like, why would I do that? I would probably, in my own little mind, I was going to be killed, (laughs) kind of thing, if I did that. But this is where, as I grew older, and as I started to get into romantic relationships, as I started to get into different friendships and social circles, my adaptive child would jump in a lot more. And particularly in romantic relationships, this is where the fighter would come out. It's like, well, you're not going to put shit on me. You're not going to boss me around. I'm my own person. I'm misindependent. Fuck you, right? So this is kind of that side of things too, okay? Where I would not, like any sniff of bullying, any sniff of even disagreements sometimes in relationships, this is where I could have a really unhealthy response as well of like back off. Fuck you, get out of my life, that kind of thing. That's the adaptive child. And this can play out in our business as well, right? So this can come out in terms of being overly aggressive or overly boundaryed with people, um, where your boundaries actually become more like barriers thing, like with no way, shape or form that anyone's ever gonna get around them. Um it can come out as the, and this has sort of come out with me before too, like I was just describing, like the I don't give a shit, tough kid kind of attitude. I may not have been able to to fight or be aggressive as a child, but actually now I'm a fully grown ass woman, and it's like you're not gonna fuck with me, like so. It's kind of like that side of things too, which is like the complete opposite, right? And I can laugh about this stuff now, guys, because it's like I'm working through this, and I can see these parts of myself too. Um, and you know, we got to have some levity in this, right? Because it's just we are such incredible beings, and we the body and the brain is so incredible in that we can have these parts of ourselves that all respond differently in different situations that allow us to kind of to survive and to protect ourselves and to thrive even as well. Ironically like that overachiever side of me allowed me to thrive in so many ways, but not in others. So it's like we can get into this adaptive child sort of side of things too in our business, where we want to blame people, blame team members, offload responsibility. If we're, uh, even if we are a client ourselves, maybe we want to offload responsibility onto our coach. Or we want to blame someone else for something not working. Um, we don't want to accept help as well. We don't want to be part of a community. We can do this on our own, and we can isolate, and we don't need anybody. Okay, this is an adaptive child response in our business. So I want you to notice everything I've just told you. I've gone through a lot of information there. I want you to notice. Is there any of this that you're doing in your business? As I said, doesn't always mean that there's an unresolved trauma pattern playing out. But I'd be very curious if we were to scratch beneath the surface what's really going on there. So this is kind of what brings me on to moving through this and kind of embarking on your own trauma healing journey. And I really do believe it's a journey. I don't think it's something that can just, you know, boom, silver bullet overnight and suddenly all trauma gone and released. This is something I've been working on for 10 years, (laughs) 10 years, and that's okay. And in fact, I expect, fully expect, I'll be working on this for the rest of my life because there's always layers to this stuff. You can always go deeper. There's always going to be a different way that these patterns are magnified. But the best and highest possible outcome in this is that you are aware and that you get the support to move through it and to recognize it when it's happening. Not just in terms of your business, but also for the sake of your relationships, your mental and physical health too, okay? So this is the first step I really want to share with you. It's like to start being conscious of what is maybe unresolved within you and how this is trying to grab your attention, whether it's through some of these behaviors or whether it's through dysfunctional relationships or whether it's through certain triggers or obviously illness, mental illness, physical illness. I want you to pay attention and get really honest with yourself if there's something that needs to be paid attention to here. The other thing I want to say around this is beware of things like, you know, the mindset work. And I think mindset work is amazing, by the way. I I do a lot of mindset work myself. I teach mindset work. I think it's incredible. However, and there is a big however on this. Mindset work is not something that is supposed to resolve or help you resolve trauma. I'm going to say that again. Mindset work is not here to help you resolve trauma. I need you to be really careful and really conscious of this. So what you might notice through doing the mindset work with your coach is that you'll notice there's some of these patterns. You'll notice maybe how you're responding to things. And sure, maybe you can make some of those kind of conscious Adjustments in the moment, but I want you to note where this stuff is happening because it might be that you need some extra support around this from a licensed therapist. This is really important because and I, I see this a lot in the coaching industry, and I'm going to call it tight. Coaches are not therapists, coaches are not therapists, they are not trained as therapists. Most of them are not trauma informed either. So it's really important that we're not going to our life coach expecting them to help us resolve our trauma. Trauma operates on a very biological, neuropsychological level and it needs work with a professional that's trained in that. This is not to say that your coach can't be extremely useful in terms of helping you recognise this stuff but it's also about knowing the container and the boundaries in which your coach versus your therapist can operate. Okay. So I want to say this right up front, beware of the mindset work. Okay. Um, It's very, very helpful, but I want you to use it. If you are someone who has trauma uh, in your past, I want you to use that more as looking at where the patterns are, looking at your responses and getting hyper aware and conscious of what's going on for you from a deeper perspective. As I said, not everything is gonna be bloody trauma related, but it's just again being discerning and being curious about what's showing up for you as you do this work on your growth. I also wanna recommend, guys, that, you know, and it's probably pretty obvious from my little rant then, I do highly recommend if you haven't already that you start working with a therapist around this. And I think there's two different types of therapy. There's cognitive therapy, obviously, where it's talk therapy therapy typically. Uh, and there's also somatic therapy as well. And I really believe, as being someone who's gone through both of these types of therapies in different ways, shapes, and forms and different sort of types of therapy over the last 10 years, I actually believe these two things need to work together. Because there are things that the somatic therapy can get to, parts of the trauma the somatic therapy can get to that talk therapy can't quite reach. Again, why? Because different parts of the brain are responsible for each of these different effects. What I mean is talk therapy is going to help you process stuff. It's going to allow you to kind of remember things. It's going to help you um, unpick some of the behaviors, piece it together, make sense of it cognitively. But remember I said at the very start of this, trauma is also stored in the body, in the way our brain and our nervous system reacts. Talk therapy isn't as effective as as somatic therapy is in terms of getting to that stuff. All right? Talk therapy is more of like a slow burn and it's something that you unpack over sort of probably years. Somatic therapy is very different. So things like EMDR, brain spotting, somatic experiencing. These are all neuropsychology backed techniques that can help you shift the trauma that is in your nervous system and in your body. Because if you think about it, you can kind of talk therapy all you like, and you can talk about it and make sense of it. But if the trauma is still in your body and still in your nervous system, that talk therapy can only be, you know, so effective sort of thing, you know, it can only go so far. So this is why I strongly recommend that you pair these techniques together. Um, Somatic therapy, as I said, EMDR is a fantastic neuropsychology-backed therapy, so check that out. Google it, do your own research, make your own decisions. Somatic experiencing as well as another one, brain spotting also. the reason why somatic therapy is fantastic and again google is going to be your friend in this just check some stuff out make some inquiries have some conversations with with licensed professionals in these areas but where i've found somatic experiencing to be incredible is that it helps you get back into your body because one of the things that we do typically as trauma survivors is we numb all right we dissociate we numb we kind of, we don't quite understand what emotions we're feeling sometimes. This is real. This is like one of the side effects of trauma. Okay, so what somatic therapy is going to allow you to do is get back into your body in a safe way, because obviously some people, if you've been through trauma, even getting into your body and grounding and feeling like your pulse or some of those sort of grounding techniques can actually be a trigger for some people who have gone through a, you know, particular types of trauma. So this is why working with a somatic therapist can really help you kind of pace it uh, in a way that feels good and safe to you as well, but it's going to allow you to feel again. It's going to up your self-awareness as well. It's also going to allow you to turn parts of your brain on and off, dial things up and down as you need to as well, release tension that's stored in your body, discharge any emotion. And usually what that means is, like, typically if we've been in a trauma situation as children, sometimes those um, experiences or events are almost, like, incomplete. Like, they're not, like, we haven't been able to discharge the energy, for example, at the time, or we haven't been able to get away. And it's kind of like, as we said, particularly if we've been in freeze mode. So what somatic uh, therapy is going to do is allow you to kind of complete some of those incomplete cycles, somatic experiencing is particularly good for this. And I'd also recommend that you check out a book by Peter Levine. It's called Waking the Tiger. And that's a book that uh, is specifically dedicated to all of this sort of stuff, you know, where and how trauma is held in the body and how to release it as well. So I want to encourage you, really want to encourage you to investigate this if you haven't already, or if you've sort of taken a bit of a piecemeal approach to it, or you've been putting it off my call to action for you guys is to really start to research this and get the support you need because it's going to ultimately help you obviously in in terms of processing the trauma and moving on from it and releasing it. But it's also going to help you in terms of your relationships, your business results, obviously your friendships, your health, mental, physical, and otherwise. Honestly, guys, it's just, it's going to be incredible for you. And it's not going to be an instant, quick, silver bullet fix. It's going to be something you need to work at. But you know what, when I think about this incredible human journey and experience that we're on, and when I think about, I don't like using the word gift when it comes to things like trauma, but when you look at kind of the wisdom that this kind of experience has given you, and when you think about what you've been through and how you've survived and that you're here and that you're an incredible human being, it's like this stuff, guys, honestly, It can be the real medicine or part of the real medicine you're here to bring also to the world. Because just imagine how much more happy, joyful, effective, whole you're going to feel when you start to recognize and process and understand this stuff that's going on in your body. Make sense of why you keep doing that thing, that pattern, or why you keep self-sabotaging the way you do, and you've not been able to understand it until now right? So this is my big call to action for all of you that if there is some stuff here you've been ignoring or putting off or maybe need to go deeper with, I want you to explore and do your own research around these different therapeutic techniques and start prioritizing this. It's really going to be the key to unlock your happiness, your joy, your potential in all of these different areas. So I'm sending you so much love I hope this podcast episode today was helpful. I hope it was, it was comforting in some way as well. Um, believe me, you're here to do incredible things in the world and I want you in a place of joy and happiness and ease and flow and honestly releasing some of this baggage and some of this shite that you've been carrying is going to be absolutely key for that. So I'm sending you lots of love, lots of hugs and lots of best wishes on your journey. Take care. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Big Talk podcast today. If you have enjoyed this episode, then please do leave us a review and share it with your friends. For further information about our programs and free content, head on over to lightpurposeliving.com. See you soon.